Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. And I want to thank you so much for spending the next half hour with me on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And we get together here, as you know, in the farm shop, right, every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore. That means it's a re-air of the same show, Sunday at 6 p.m. And you could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. And listen to the back episodes they post there as a podcast one week after it airs on Rural Radio Sirius XM. And since we're almost coming up on Christmas, you may want to go back to the website, my website that is, and check out that Christmas gift guide, What to Buy the Hot Rod Farmer in Your Life for Christmas podcast and also an article, a gift guide. So the podcast and the article work hand in hand. And as I always tell you, while you're there, you might as well. Why waste a trip, right? And uh, fill out the form to win a free Hot Rod Farmer license plate. And those forms are coming in, but I've been, I haven't been announcing the people who have been giving me pins in my map because I need to get this in sync with my podcast. So right around Christmas time, I will get back in sync and have a long list of pins to give out. But while you're there, before Christmas, because the week before Christmas, a few days before Christmas, I'm going to be giving away three different books. And all you need to do is fill out that form for the license plate, and that'll put you in that drawing. It'll give me a pin in my map so I know where you listen from, which is important because I want to make this content for you. And then also it'll put you in the drawing for the uh, for one of the books. But what I need to tell you what the books are in case you forgot and you listened to la- the last couple of weeks. The one book is Two-Cylinder John Deere Tractors by Rod Beamer. The other book is International Harvester Trucks, The Complete Story by Patrick Foster, Trucks, Not Tractors. And the third book is Farm All, The Golden Age, 1924 to 1954 by Lee Clancher. And I'm, as I told you last week, shh, let me give you a little bit of a secret. A lot of people are in the contest because it's my podcast also for the John Deere and for the Farmall book, but very few want the International Harvester book. So if you want to win a nice book, I'd say put your name for that. All right, you got much, much, much better chances than uh, for the other two. But hey, it's a luck of the draw, right? So we're going to see who the winner is and we'll announce it both on the podcast and the radio show because the people from the radio show, the radio show, the podcast are, this is the radio show, the podcast are participating also my Idle Chatter podcast. And I just want to tell you, I just returned back from Georgia to write the Pete State where I went down and I met and had a great meeting with the folks from Fent over at the AgCo headquarters. So we're going to be doing some episodes on the Getting to Know series on the radio show, and we're going to get to know the Fent uh, Momentum Planter, the Fent uh, Ideal Combine, the whole line of tractors, and the Rogator Sprayer, the one that goes up and down, right? so that you could you could uh, adjust the ride height on that. So that's going to be coming up over the next couple of months on, on Farm Machinery Digest Radio here. So uh, on today's show, what we're going to be talking about is getting an engine to start in the winter in the cold months. 
and uh, whether it's gasoline or diesel, an engine does not like the cold, and both of them, you know, one is compression ignition, one is spark ignition, right? So they have two different sets of problems, but it makes no difference what the what it is right as long if it don't start it don't start and it's and you're gonna need to get these engines started and it may not even be on your farm tractor because maybe you're a row crop guy and you put everything away for the winter but it could be on your pickup truck or your wife's vehicle or a backup generator the engine doesn't know what it's on and the obstacles to starting both a gasoline or diesel engine are the same regardless of what it is fitted to so we're going to go to a short break here and then we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about that but never forget agriculture runs on machinery and profits on reliability go beyond alternative and discover a world of emerging indie artists and groundbreaking sounds on sirius xmu commercial free mix of innovative music from bands, producers, and singer-songwriters, alongside classic sounds from the artists who inspired them. Indie Music Discovery is on Sirius XMU Channel 35, or listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Bring Rural America's most important network with you on RFD-TV now. Watch from anywhere, at home, on the farm, even while riding your tractor. Stream agricultural news and weather, commodity market reports, along with traditional country music and entertainment for less than $10 a month. Go to WatchRFDTV.com to subscribe to Rural America's most important network. RFDTV now. If you're like me, it's all about the great outdoors. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, biking, cooking, campfires. I love it. This is Beck, your host of the Bend Radio Show. Join me every week as we get the latest outdoor news and updates. We have hacks and gadgets. Plus, hear the stories from the backcountry that empowers all of us. Catch back if you can every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here. Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Justin Mills here, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the beef industry, plus we'll hear from meteorologist Don Day on the long-term weather outlook, and the Captain Tim O'Byrne with Working Ranch Magazine will stop in for Tim's Two Cents. So join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, that guy from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, two miles away from where they make M&M candies, all right? So uh, in case you go on Jeopardy and they ask you a question and say, where's that hot rod farmer live? And it's two miles away from the M&M candy factory. Not that they would ever ask you that question, right? If they Let me put it this way. If they have to ask you that, forget about it. The show's ready to go off the air. But what we're going to talk about is getting an engine started and in the winter. And there's a lot of obstacles that come into play. But the most important thing that you need to recognize about getting an engine to fire, to start, I mean fire, I mean combustion, to initiate combustion in the bore, is that it needs to crank. 
and that is the most important. So I'm going to just touch on two things briefly on the fuel because I think everyone knows that, and if not, this will be a little bit of a tutorial, a refresher for you. The problem, the obstacle with diesel fuel about getting it to start an engine to start in the winter is the, the solidification, the gelling of the fuel. And if you, if you could keep the fuel from gelling by adding certain anti-gel chemical additives to it, you're golden. All right. So that is the major obstacle with the diesel engine, <clears throat> and that is compression ignition. And then we're going to expand upon that in a minute or two. The major obstacle with getting a gasoline engine to start in regards to the fuel is concerned is that around that its rate of vaporization of the, the rate of vaporization of gasoline because it's liquid gasoline and needs to phase change. Whereas a diesel, it doesn't really phase change. A lot of people don't recognize that. But the it phase changes once the engine starts to run on a diesel, but it needs to phase change in the cylinder and it needs heat to do that. That's called the latent heat of vaporization. Latent means that you cannot see it. You cannot see the heat, not that you cannot see the vaporization. And gasoline uh, will not vaporize. It'll stay in liquid form, albeit little droplets, <clears throat> but liquid form at around minus 44, minus 45 F Fahrenheit. And I think for the uh, Canadian listeners, it's not that much different once you get, I think, to minus 32 or something, 34, that it's within a one or two degrees difference in centigrade. So at around minus 45 F, that the gasoline will not vaporize, will not go change from a liquid to a gas. And if it does not change from a liquid to a gas, then it will not, the engine will not start and run. So as far as gasoline is concerned, you need an external heat source for it to go from a liquid, from to, to phase change. And then that's why people who are pilots and, and fly planes that are not jets, right, with, uh, with reciprocating engines in them, they have uh, lots of times they have a carburetor heater because what will happen is at high altitude that the gasoline will not phase change. And then also what happens with gasoline because of a, the carb on a carburetor engine, not so much on a fuel injected engine, is that the air traveling through the venturi of the carburetor will actually drop the temperature. So the obstacle with diesel fuel, to recap quickly, is it's we need to keep it liquid and not gelled. And the obstacle with gasoline is that we once we get it around minus 44, minus 45, depending upon the chemical composition of the gasoline, you're not going to get this thing to start with an, without an external heat source. And then the other thing, now let's flip back to diesel, is that the cetane rating is very, very important. And now cetane is the fuel's anxiousness to ignite on diesel fuel. So it's very anxious to ignite. So if you have, even if you, if the fuel does not gel, then you will have, and then you have a low cetane rating of the fuel. It's not going to be anxious to ignite, and it, and that 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 laziness for it to ignite becomes exaggerated in the cold weather. All right, so those are the obstacles of the two fuels. Just like growing soybeans brings up different challenges than growing sweet corn, right? So those are the obstacles. Now let's get beyond that. And as I said, we're going to talk to talk about the cranking speed of the engine. <clears throat> cranking speed is paramount 
removing the fuel component from it, the gelling or the temperature for vaporization, the cranking speed is paramount on both the gasoline and diesel engine, specifically in the cold weather, but at any time. But what happens in the cold weather on any type of engine is that the battery itself, just due to its, it, the chemical reaction in the battery, becomes weaker. And so the battery itself its potential energy is lower when it is cold and also when it's extremely hot but we're talking about cold today so that is going to impact the cranking speed and then the excuse me the other thing that that comes into play is that the engine gasoline or diesel keep repeating it has a much higher level of internal friction when it is cold so now you have a weaker battery and then you have a lot of internal friction which means it needs more energy from the battery to crank and you're off to the metaphorical races right with a very slow cranking speed okay and so those two work hand in hand and that's why it is very important to have a battery that has the highest amount of cold cranking amps cca that will fit into that envelope meaning that that group battery that'll fit into that piece of machinery or a car or a truck or what have you or a backup generator because you're going to lose a percentage of that energy just due to the extreme cold and also even though you're not going to lose the energy with the internal friction you're not, of the engine you're going to have a slower cranking speed so now why is the cranking speed so important well it's important for a number of reasons and this goes to gasoline and diesel on a the cranking speed the movement of the piston going up and down in the bore is what actually fills the cylinder with air and air is as it's air is oxygen and nitrogen and other components so the pumping action of the piston is what fills the cylinder with air so you need the piston to be able to pump up and down at a good velocity to fill the cylinder that's why most snow blowers well the past 20 years or so have an electric start also because they have if you don't if you're not familiar with those they if you live if you live like in uh, alabama you may not know what it what it, what a snowblower even looks like right is that most of them have a t- <clears throat> 120 volt ac electric starter cranking motor on it's not really a starter; it's a cranking motor and you plug in an extension cord so the the um the female part of the extension cord goes into the cranking motor and you plug the male part into the wall obviously and you press a button and it cranks the engine over why does it do that for simply because a snowblower is used when it's cold correct so the so it's going to be very important to have enough cranking speed not to try to pull it with a rope you can pull it with the rope start but the, but it'll be harder to get it to start with the rope than it would with the electric start simply because the piston velocity is higher so keep in mind that the way any engine fills its cylinder with with air is through the movement of the piston and the higher the the higher meaning the faster the piston moves the more efficiently it fills the cylinder with air all right so we need to have air in the cylinder so if we're cranking very slowly all right because of cold weather then what basically happens is that we're not filling the cylinder with enough air all right so we're, we're there right now we're not we're not talking about fuel yet 
on a diesel engine if it's a pump line nozzle which is a mechanical diesel it's going to fuel the engine mechanically through the injection pump if it's a later model tier 4 diesel it's going to fuel the cylinder electronically not mechanically through a pulsing of the injector all right now let's go over we're switching back and forth to make a to make a uh, comparison to a gasoline engine which is spark ignition if we have a carburetor a carbureted engine like on a snowblower use that as an example is that we need to see or the engine needs to see not us we want it to run right the engine needs to see a certain amount of certain piston speed piston velocity to create a low pressure region and and create a low pressure region in the carburetor for the pressure differential between atmospheric pressure on the float bowl which is on the gasoline in the float bowl and the low pressure region created by the by the movement of the piston to have fuel enter <coughs> the car through actually move through the carburetor all right be va- be be atomized and then go in the eventually be vaporized so the movement of the piston is very very critical so if the piston is not moving fast enough you are not going to create enough fuel enough fuel enough of a low pressure region for it to to fuel the engine and we say pull fuel but it's actually a push pull type of environment right now on a diesel engine we still we need <clears throat> the fuel is going to be injected regardless if it's an old pump line nozzle uh mechanical diesel or an electronic diesel so we need to be able to fill the cylinder with air but the cranking speed on a diesel let's talk about an older engine all right pump line nozzle is paramount because you want to fill it with the proper amount of air but more importantly is that that movement of the piston towards top dead center is what is going to compress the air and it's going to heat the air up because diesel fuel is compression ignition so we need to heat the air in this cylinder all right through the compression through the squeezing of it as the piston comes to top dead center for that for the diesel fuel to ignite all right and that's why the cetane is so important because you want it to be very eager to ignite not lazy so if the engine cranks too slowly what's going to happen is that you're not going to build enough heat in the bore naturally through the compression of the air molecules on a spark ignition engine that's not really an issue because we're going to have an arcing of the spark plug to electrically ignite that fuel but if the engine is cranking too slowly uh what'll happen is that the piston will not fill a cylinder with enough air and then if it doesn't fill the cylinder with enough air it needs when the piston comes to top dead center it needs it needs to push that that fuel and air mixed together near the spark plug to ignite it so if it's not cranking fast enough it's not going to push it near the spark plug and it's not going to ignite so even though it's being fueled it's too far away from the ignition point all right now, now, now let's go let's go back to a diesel you say well a hot rod well i have a glow plugs and i have <clears throat> an intake air heater and i have all of this stuff yes you do but the glow plug and the intake air air heater is also based upon the com- the heat generated by the compression of the air in the cylinder as the piston sweeps up and down towards top dead center 
All right, so now let's break away here for a minute. So why is cranking speed so important? All right, cranking speed is so important. Let's go pump line, nozzle, diesel, carbureted engine. All right, carbureted gasoline engine. It's so it's it's important to fill the cylinder with enough air so we could have we could support combustion. On a diesel, it's meant to heat the air while it's cranking. All right, and on a gasoline engine, all the carburetor engine, it needs to be able to have enough of a pressure differential, enough of a velocity for the carburetor to start to flow fuel and to have that fuel atomized so it could then vapor change, phase change. All right, so now that's that. Let's move back over to the diesel aisle on a modern tier four type of diesel, which has electronic, electronic injector openings. All right is that in the software is coded a certain cranking speed that has to be met, all right? It's called a flag, that like a flag, like a flag, American flag, that has to be met before the ECU will pulse the injector. And you know the way it pulses the injector, it's got 12 volts there all the time when you turn the key on, and the ECU has a what's called a driver, which is an electronic switch that shuts on and off, and it completes the path to ground. So coded in the ECU is that the engine has to crank shaft has to see a certain cranking rpm before it turns on the injector the same thing happens on a gasoline fuel injected engine but a gasoline fuel injected engine is usually smaller all right has less compression ratio and so the piston is not going up it's not fighting as much compression and usually has a higher cranking speed but what happens on a tier four diesel is that they have it coded that unless you reach a certain cranking RPM, and that's a digital signal. So if it doesn't meet that cranking RPM, it's not going to turn turn the injector. It could be one RPM shy, and it's not going to pulse the injector. So the take-home message here is that forgetting about treating the fuel, forgetting about all of that, specifically on a diesel engine and a gasoline engine, is that you need to pay a lot of attention to the cranking speed. Even on an old pump line nozzle, even though that's mechanically linked, it's not going to make any difference, but you need to build that heat. But on the tier four diesel pickup truck, tractor whatever it may be you're going to feed cattle right it's imperative that you cross that threshold as far as cranking rpm is concerned otherwise it is not going to pulse the injector and if it doesn't pulse the injector then you're not going to have any fuel and then you're going to have no combustion so it is very 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 important for you to pay attention and the cranking rpm is going to be based upon the condition of the battery the connections on the battery the connection on the ground circuit on the engine the connection on the starter and the health of the starter so keep that keep that in in mind attention direct tv customers remember you can watch the nfr on rfd tv in hd on channel 345 this includes the nfr pre-show and post-show live each night starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We continue to press DirecTV to offer the Cowboy Channel in high definition. Again, the NFR is live on RFD TV on DirecTV Channel 345 every day, December 1st through 10th. Please tell your DirecTV friends and neighbors. 
How can you make your corn crop more successful? I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, February 9th, we're going to answer that question at a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll talk about water management, fertility needs, finding success in cold soils, and we'll discuss how to protect your corn crop from weeds, insects, and diseases that can rob your yield potential. There's a great opportunity to make profit in your corn crop this year. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Corn Agronomy Workshop. Register now at agphd.com. Luke Bryan lights up Las Vegas live in concert. Yeah, that's my kind of night. ACM's Entertainer of the Year. Luke Bryan, November 30th through December 10th, and more shows added for February through April 2023. Resorts World Theater in Las Vegas. Get access to preferred seating with your city card. Tickets on sale now at AXS.com. Luke Bryan, live in Las Vegas. This week on Rural Radio, Channel 147. The National Finals Rodeo continues from the Thomas and Mac Arena in Las Vegas all week long. The top-earning Cowboys and Cowgirls face off in the biggest rodeo event of the year. Don't miss exclusive coverage Monday through Friday beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Rural Radio. Tune in this week to Rural Radio, Channel 147, and listen anytime on the SXM app. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. If you have any questions about getting an engine started, other obstacles, if you get them to crank, then they'll, they will start. All right, so that's something to uh, just keep in mind that cranking is the issue. Just reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. And now it's time for Tex Rubinowitz because he's going to meet us in the farm shop as we get ready for the, that segment. All right, Tex, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate that. All righty. So you ready for meeting me in the farm shop? And uh, what we're talking about now is spark plug wires. All right, regardless if it's hot or cold out, a, a spark ignition engine needs a, a, proper, a properly functioning spark plug wire. A gasoline-powered engine with a broken spark plug wire may idle fine, but buck and break up under load. This can lead you down the wrong diagnostic path. If the break in the wire requires less energy to bridge than the gap of the spark plug under load, then the engine at light speeds will be indifferent to the failed wire, but it will become quickly apparent once a load is applied. You can check the wire with an ohmmeter, but make sure you move it around while testing. That's very, very important that the, uh, that the uh, break in a spark plug wire, if the coil has enough energy in it, and they, let's say you have a 20 thousandths break in the spark plug wire and a 60 thousandths gap in the spark plug, if the coil could jump the 60 thousandths gap, it's not going to have any problem jumping the 20 thousandths break in the wire. So at idle, the ignition demand is not high. So it is the engine could actually idle fine, and then you put it under some sort of load, and it bucks, all right? So that's very important for you to recognize that that you can have a 
broken wire or broken uh, ignition wire and the engine idles beautifully like a baby and then once it goes under any type of load and the load could also be the transmission gear so it may be a right in first gear you go to second gear bu- 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 bu, it bucks so uh, that's something to keep in mind and i want to thank you all uh for listening today and keep in mind that you have to pay attention to that cranking rpm and you don't want to pull that voltage too low during cranking so thank you so much for tuning in and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher in my beloved beloved america you get over to the website check out that that podcast with what to buy a hot rod farmer in your life for christmas and then go there and spend a little bit of money take care bye bye my friend and i here I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. So be sure to tune in Monday, January 2nd for the 134th Rose Parade. Our first appearance in the Rose Parade was such a great success that we're doing it again in 2023. Then stay tuned for the premiere of Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom Protecting the Wild directly after the parade. It's an adventure you won't want to miss. How can you make the most profit ever on your soybean crop? I'm Darren Hefty. We'll give you the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. It's Wednesday, January 25th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising soybeans more lucrative and more fun, you won't want to miss this free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. This week on Rural Radio, Channel 147. The National Finals Rodeo continues from the Thomas and Mac Arena in Las Vegas all week long. The top-earning Cowboys and Cowgirls face off in the biggest rodeo event of the year. Don't miss exclusive coverage Monday through Friday beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Rural Radio. Tune in this week to Rural Radio Channel 147 and listen anytime on the SXM app. Hey, y'all know me. It's Jeff Ticker Earhart. We talk the cow stuff, the all-new cattle battles. We'll throw some rodeo action in there from time to time. Markets, everything in between. Ranch it up every Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm Wayne Ashley from Stephenville, Texas, and I listen to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM.